We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack a Day podcast. We're almost at the end of another week. It is the Thursday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jason Perrone of the Pack a Day podcast, Game on Wisconsin. And the Quick Science Podcast, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Paul Brettel of Cheesehead TV, Dairyland Express, and the Packers Unrestricted Podcast. Gentlemen, Paul, I guess I should ask, since it's a YouTube-only show now, is it a podcast anymore? Should I be referring to it as just a show? Nope, YouTube-only. It's under my name, Paul Brettel. You can find it there, and uh, you can see my lovely face as I comment on the Packers, everyone. And let me tell you, for those of you... (laughs) No, this is an audio only, but we do video so we can see if anybody's teeing up to say anything. And Paul always looks very chiseled and ready to go Paul for the Pack Day cold. podcast. <laughs> well, Paul that's very cold today. Yeah, it's true. He does bundled up. He's got the. It was actually really. It was actually pretty warm. It was like mid forties here. Not to jump the gun, but it was beautiful. And what what better way to kick off since we don't have anything east? We don't have anything east of the United States. Then that that means as usual and as always back in in his usual typical form. It's Mark Eckel at the beach. How are we looking out in the Carolinas? Oh, beautiful. Today was um, mid-60s. Pretty nice. Uh, Wednesday, yeah, we we taped Wednesday night. Wednesday was mid-60s. Today, Thursday, I may be at the beach. It's gonna, <laughs> they're saying it's going to be in the 70s. And that's, uh, that's, when I, that's, when I, that's when I head out. When it's in the 70s, it's time to... It's time to get the beach chair and and a couple cold ones and head out toward the ocean. Seven zero is the magic number for Mark at yeah. the beach. All right, and then we go to the Midwest and the, the Dairyland State of Wisconsin. Paul, you already gave us a little bit of a preview. If it's precipitating, it sounds like it's the wet stuff and not the snowy stuff. Well, the thing is, it's forty five on Wednesday, but it's going to be in the twenties. The next three days, like low twenties too, but then Sunday is forty six. So, might have to pull a Mark Echo and head to the beach. I'm not sure yet. Forty five is your number. <laughs> so, if anything does fall over the next couple of days, it's all going to melt away by the end of the weekend. I would hope so. Ish, There's already maybe. a ton that was melted the last, you know, just in the last twenty four hours. Having a hard time keeping it on the ground there, I guess. So, well, a cold front moved through midweek in Phoenix, dropped all the way down to 60 degrees on Wednesday, Ooh. but back up to 68 today. 
Things are looking good. I'm going to get into the 70s and the high 70s by the by the time the weekend rolls around. So, you know, once again, I can't complain. As I say, I'll send the sunshine and the warmth out to everybody else. This is that time of year that I'm glad that I live out here for sure, especially after the football season's over with. Then it's like, okay, now that the, the, there's not as much fun and the cold is more apparent when it's when there's less football to enjoy it with. But our friend out in Canada, Harry from Kamloops, Said Thursday, we're getting a lot of rain, a real messy driving situation, snow melting, rain. Said every car needs a bath, but there's really no point because you're filthy again by the time you get home because of all the sludge that's on the road. He said you regret buying a white or black vehicle. (laughs) Anyway, high of 48, low of 36 out in Canada. So winter is obviously still here and lingering on. So, all right, what are we going to talk about? One thing before. Before we get into our, our cut and keep thing, I just want to th- thank everybody, all of our listeners who la- when we, we got back together last week and the response was pretty flattering and, and overwhelming on, on social media. You know, people really, they, they like us three together. <laughs> then again, they like Larry Curley and Mo too. So I'm, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we got... We got a fair it was amount. Nice of, to hear people say nice things about us. It was. Yeah, we absolutely. got a, we got a fair amount of good feedback throughout the time that we were on the show. But Mark, I have to say, was when you came back, everyone really came out of the woodwork and started saying <laughs> this is, this is how, true as well. how excited they were. So I think it might be a Mark Eckel thing. It's like uh, wherever. I don't know about that. It's, I think it's, it's a team. There's no I in team. There's no I in team. Well, this is your third different day of the week, so we could pull numbers and we could see if there's a correlation. Yeah. I'm like the NFL. I'm going to be every day, like except, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, great work done every week by Mark and Paul. And we're going to piggyback off of a piece that Paul wrote. And uh, Paul will have you lead the discussion on it. We're going to talk about some players that uh, the Packers have some decisions to, to make on and whether or not they may keep the player, cut the player or release the player. So I'll turn it over to you to lead that discussion. Yeah, so these are eight different articles, eight separate articles over at Dairyland Express where you can find them. And I went through the big potential cap casualties that the Packers could have this offseason, of course, in their effort to create cap space. Uh, In the article specifically, I took a look at why Green Bay would keep that player, why they would move on from that player, and then made my prediction. So for today's episode, we are going to go through each of those players and share our thoughts on what our prediction is, what we think the Green Bay Packers are going to do. So let's just start off with a difficult one, all right? Well, we'll see if you guys think it's difficult or not. Dean Lowry. So Dean Lowry comes with a cap hit in 2022 of just over $8 million, $8.07 million. If the Green Bay Packers choose to move on from him, they'll save $4.08 million. So Mark Eckel, and if you just think that the Packers will keep them and extend them, keep them, restructure them, of course, share that info as well. But what do you think the Green Bay Packers are going to do this offseason with Mean Dean Lowry? Keep him. Um, I said everyone wanted him gone last year, and they didn't. Obviously, they kept him. And I thought he had one of his better years last year. Um, I would work it out. Is this the final year of his deal? Yep. Yeah, I would, I would work on an extension that mm-hmm. um, keeps him around for a couple more years and lowers that $8 million cap hit to – you know, about four, so you're still saving the four million that you need to get under the cap. But add a couple of years. Dean Lowry, listen, he's not, he's never going to go to a Pro Bowl, which I don't know if they, if there'll be a Pro Bowl after next year. But he, I mean, he, he's not that kind of player. But he's a good, solid, 
listen, there, you, you could do a lot worse than Dean Lowry. The Packers have done a lot worse than, than Dean Lowry. And until they get someone, if you get rid of Dean Lowry, you got Kenny Clark and a bunch of nothing. I know TJ Slayton might mm-hmm. come on and be good. We don't know yet. He, he's had his moments, but he's, he's he was, you know, he's fifth round pick that his second year guy. Now, you know, we all thought Kingsley Kiki was going to be something. Well, he's, if he is, he's going to be here for the Houston Texans. So Lowry has proven to be a reliable, um, solid player. And they're not as easy to find as you think, because we know the Packers, especially at that position, have swung and missed more than more than a couple times. So I'm keeping Dean Lowry. How about you, Jason? So if we're reading the tea leaves, as Paul likes to say, the Packers moving on from Kingsley Kiki, and that might not have been a decision that they, uh, you know, wanted to make. They had to make, but that leaves the defensive line position pretty thin and and thin on experience as well. I'm not intrigued at all by Tyler Lancaster and what he's going to do in this defense. And so with T.J. Slayton, like Mark said, being kind of a question mark and young, I think you need some security now. I wouldn't keep Lowry unless there's an extension being done and you're adding at least one or two more years so you can spread out that cap hit because they've got to save some money. I wouldn't want him back at the $8 million price tag, but from a, from a standpoint of him playing and his value to the team, can't can't let him go because you need you need help up front. And as we know, the draft is – you never know what's going to happen – um, with the draft, and if the Packers are going to get somebody impactful enough, and, and even if they do draft somebody, they don't know if they have the player until he gets in into camp. So I say keep Dean Lowry. Dean Lowry's a keep for me. So we all agree on that one, and you guys hit on my big points. One of the biggest one is the depth. Uh, currently under contract for this year, it's Clark, Lowry, Slayton, and Heflin. So a fifth-round, second-year player, and a second-year UDFA if they were to move on from Lowry. And I think Dean's one of those players who is held in much higher regard within Lambeau Field among the coaching staff management than maybe the perception on the outside because he does do a lot of that that dirty work, eating up space, occupying double teams. So I agree. I think Dean Lowry, I think they are going to bring Dean Lowry back and they're going to extend him. And one important thing to keep in mind, on several contracts last year, they added voided years as a way to try to spread out cap space. They already did that with Dean, so he already has voided years on his contract at the moment. So that's why I think as well an extension is the likely route as a way to lower that cap it because I don't think he's going to play on that $8 million cap it that he has this year. All right, about next. Lowry too. One more thing about Lowry. He plays. He plays. Mm-hmm. He, doesn't, he doesn't miss games. You know, that whole Very thing true. about durability is the most important ability. Well, the guy plays every week. He he misses. I mean, I I can look it up. He he's missed a handful of games in his career. He's not a guy that gets hurt either, which is a good, which is very important, obviously. And as a pass rusher, he's coming off easily his most productive season as a player in terms of pressures and sacks as well. So next up, we'll move on to Big Dog Mercedes Lewis. This is Lewis signed a couple one-year deals in a row, but last year he signed a two-year deal. So 2022 is the final year of that. He comes with a 4.52 million dollar cap hit. If Green Bay keeps him as is, uh, if they move on from him, they save $2.4 million. And, of course, the added wrinkle with Mercedes Lewis is that retirement might be in the cards. And he, along with someone else that we'll get to here shortly, might be his future might be tied to what a certain quarterback does as well. <laughs> so, Jason, take us away on Mercedes Lewis. What do you think the Packers are thinking in regards to his future with the team? So it's similar rationale with him as it was for with Lowry for me in terms of looking at the position group right now. Mercedes Lewis isn't going to run down the seam and beat anybody 
and split defenders and be Keith Jackson again, but or ever if he ever was that. But he's a valuable piece. If he can play at a small cap number like that with the tight end group being as thin as it is, Tunyon's going to start the season on Pup most likely. Josiah DeGuara's got room to grow. And again, you're not looking at Mercedes to be your, your, your workhorse tight end. They still need to address the position and bring in some youth and get a pass catcher. But I just think if he can play and he's willing to play, you bring him in. He's just too valuable from a locker room standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, from a chemistry standpoint. If that quarterback, I'm not sure who you're referring to, Paul, happens <laughs> to decide that they want to or are going to return to the Packers, then that elevates 89 and what he can do. And he did make some big catches. I mean, he had some big catches and runs in the playoffs and made some big plays. It seems like Matt LaFleur finally figured out how to integrate him and and get a little bit more out of him. But at that small number, I would say you absolutely keep Mercedes Lewis. There isn't really any reason to let him go at this point. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, there is reasons. There, there, I'm, I'm going to give you the reasons to let him go. He's going to be, what's he, 38? He'll be 39 when the, 38 when the season starts or 39. It's time. I mean, in a perfect world, like Paul said, he retires and you and you make him the assistant whatever coach. Keep him around. Yeah, you're great. He's great in the locker room. He's great with the young guys. That's good. That's what coaches are for, to help the young guys. And the, the, he, he's not – He's he can still block a little bit. He's not really a threat. And here's a great stat that I have on on Mercedes Lewis. He had not fumbled since 2013. All right, and in his first 58 games as a Packer, he had no fumbles. He had two in his last six games, including a very crucial one in the loss to San Francisco. When guys start to fumble, a guy that never fumbles starts to fumble, and he's 38 years old. It's time. I mean, and again, if the Packers work under this desperate cap situation, sure, bring them back. Maybe why not see what happens? But every every two million they save is is money that can go to keeping Roswell Douglas or or Campbell or Adams or MVS or guys that aren't thirty eight. You know, so I'm no, I'm I'm saying thank you for everything you've done, Mercedes. Listen, if no one's going to sign them. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to sign a 38-year-old. So if he doesn't want to retire and and you get desperate, maybe some cap room, you could always bring him back. But um, I would I would say to him, listen, we're letting you go. But if you want to be a, if you want to be part of this organization, we'd love to have you in some capacity. But no, I don't. I can't keep him on the on the books anymore. So my response to this was, <laughs> well. I don't know that I do because I think I cheated a little bit. I think if Rodgers is back, I do think Mercedes is Lewis is back. I think Lewis will want to make another run at it. Um, we know their relationship is very close. 
the tight ends that they have, they're not blocker. They're not as good of blockers as Lewis. I'm not saying that, but Josiah DeGuar, Tyler Davis, Dominic Daphne, they can hold their own in that category. So it's not as if Green Bay is going to be out of luck. And I know PFF grades are not the be all end all by any means, but all three of those players were top 17 in run blocking grade among tight ends this past season. So worth noting. Um, and then Mark, as you mentioned, age, as they say in football, it's better to move on from a player a year too early than a year too late. And this could be one of those opportunities as well, um, as you had alluded to. So I know I cheated a little bit there, but that's that's just honestly how I think it's going to play out. Next up is Preston Smith. So Preston Smith coming off a very, very good season. He was 10th in pressures among edge rushers this season. I had nine, nine and a half sacks. And he comes with a cap hit of $19.72 million. Spoiler alert, he's not playing on this current contract. He's either going to be let go or they're going to likely extend him. But Preston Smith comes with a cap hit of $19.72 million. If Green Bay chooses to move on from him, they will save about $12.5 million in doing so. So, Jason, what do you think happens with Preston Smith? Too, too valuable to have a veteran pass rusher who's productive. So I think they'll figure the money out, and, and it'll make sense there. And whether the Packers add one early in the draft or not, again, you don't know how impactful that is going to be in this decision to keep Preston Smith is probably going to have to get made before the draft anyway. So I would say keep. He's an easy keep. I think the Packers will figure out the money. Because if you're talking about the Smiths and the very strong possibility that you're not going to be able to keep both of them, to me, it just seems more realistic that Preston is the one that stays in Green Bay. And again, like you said, Paul, he had a very productive 2021 season. He seems dedicated to the cause of realizing, hey, we got to we got to try to do everything we can to win now. And while we've got some key positions locked down and, and before those key positions uh, move into flux. How about you, Mark? You feel the same or differently? I feel the same. And it's funny if, if we, if we were having this um, debate a year ago, <laughs> no kidding. we all, I would have said, you know, now you keep Zadarius and do whatever you can and extend him. And I'm sure we'll, we'll get to him later. And Preston would be the guy that I'd let go coming off of 2020 that he wasn't very, he was average player in 2020 he stepped it back up in 2021 and again I'm, I'm going to go back to what i said about dean lowry too the guy plays he comes he what he missed one game in like mm-hmm. whatever many years and he probably could have played that week if he had to you know i think that was the packers be, being you know on the side of caution um yeah you have he's not going to play at night for whatever that 19 million number is but yeah extend him simply simply because he's he's healthier he's he's healthy he's you know, yet you have Rashawn Gary and him as that's that's pretty good. Now they're going to have to add a third guy, whether it's through the draft or maybe bringing back a Whitney Merciless on a one-year minimum kind of deal, whatever they decide there. But no, you you can't let both of them go. Um, so yeah, I think Preston's the guy that Preston's also pretty good against the run, mm-hmm. which gets underlooked. So, you know, people always talk about the edge rushers and how many sacks they get. Well, part of their job is setting the edge, and he sets a pretty good edge. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree with you guys as well. Uh, the edge rusher position in general is just too important of a one. And as good as Rashawn Gary has become, he can't do it on his own. I mean, even last year with Gary and Preston both being two of the more productive edge rushers in football, when those two weren't on the field, there was a very, very noticeable difference when Garvin and Tepa were. And now if both Smiths are gone and you're left with Gary, that is just a huge, huge hole 
and you put yourself in a hole going into the draft where you basically have to take an edge rusher with that 28th overall pick. And I know it's a good class for that, but who knows how the board's going to fall at that point. So that's just too important of a position to uh, leave Gary and a bunch of unknowns at. So I agree they bring or they keep Preston. I think they extend them. And the way I rounded out this article about Preston was looking at it this way. If you, I would rather have Preston and save $7 million in cap space. Ken Ingles, by a friend of the show, uh, salary cap guru on Twitter, by his estimation, his projections, he has Preston, a Preston exp- extension saving Green Bay 6 to $8 million in cap space this season. So I'd rather have Preston and save $7 million than not have Preston and save $12.5 million in cap space. So that's how I looked at it. By the way, speaking of Ken, why don't the Packers hire him? <laughs> he I'm does serious. terrific work. I mean, Russ Ball could use an assist, you know, somebody to somebody to help him out a little bit, right? But he'd be perfect. I mean, the guy's incredible with, his, with what he knows. And he looked in the head. I mean, I used to think I was as a writer when I covered the Eagles all the time. Like I thought I knew more about the cap than a lot of most of the other writers, not all of them. But my God, you know, I mean, he makes me look like like I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, Ken Ken does tremendous work. Uh, if you guys. If you're on Twitter, make sure to follow Ken uh, for all your Packers salary cap stuff. And he's always very kind in answering my questions as well as I try to educate myself on this stuff because there's a mountain of it. All right, next up is Randall Cobb. Uh, Cobb comes with a $9.53 million cap hit in 2022. He, uh, with the Packers last season, he wasn't targeted heavily. I think he averaged just over three targets per game in his 12 games and, of course, had just one in the playoffs. But where he was, where he did make his impact, and again, it's that relationship with Rodgers, was on third downs as well as in the red zone. He was very effective on those parts of the field in those higher leverage situations. But he comes with a $9.53 million cap hit if he stays on the roster under his current deal. If Green Bay moves on from him, uh, the cap hit or the cap savings is $6.74 million. So a pretty big chunk there that they could save by moving on from Randall Cobb. So, Mark, what do you think happens with Randall? Yeah, moving on. I love the guy. Great career. Almost a dream scenario last year, him coming back. And it looked like, you know, it would have been a Hollywood ending, right? I mean, it, you know, he comes back and they they go to the Super Bowl. But it would, but it didn't turn out that way. And, again, I'm going to bring up what I'm bringing up with every guy so far, durability. I mean, he's he'll be 32 in August, which for a wide receiver is getting old. It's pretty old for, for a wide receiver, especially a – a guy that need that relies on quickness and you know he's not a big guy he's you know he's smaller by packer packer wide receiver terms and he did miss the last five games of the, of the regular season with a with that core injury he came back for the playoffs but he really didn't come back for the playoffs because he was ineffective you could see he was still bothered by the injury um i don't, I don't, I don't even believe he was targeted in that game um so yeah I'm, i know it's going to hurt some people's feelings but you know he might, he, and again, this could be a choice where he says, "I don't, I don't want to. I'm, I'm done." Which would be nice. I'd rather that than have to cut a guy like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm saving six point seven million, and then again, see what happens if if you can get him back at a lot lower rate for one, you know, one year, whatever deal. Maybe you do that. But if I can save six point seven million on a team that desperately needs to save money, I think that's an easy one. The new year is a great time to focus on what's important to you. Whether it's saving money by ordering less takeout, learning to cook, or prioritizing your wellness, HelloFresh is here to help you with endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable. 
Personally, I'm really trying to work on my weight this year and when I found out that HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients right to my door, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week, I was all in. Skip the trips to the grocery store, saving you long wait times and ensuring you don't waste your money on excess food and sign up for HelloFresh instead. HelloFresh has helped me eat fresher food with better portion control and has helped me live a healthier lifestyle. I highly recommend the teriyaki chicken tenders, by the way. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Packaday16 and use code Packaday16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash Packaday16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. Remember to use code Packaday16. That's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all struggled with mental health in different ways, especially during a pandemic, and I'm certainly no different. Keeping myself centered mentally is such a huge part of my overall health goals, and that's where BetterHelp has helped me. BetterHelp has the ability to assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas, and the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, plus you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. You can even schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't have to ever sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed, and it's more affordable than traditional offline therapy. Plus, financial aid is available if needed. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com Packaday. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And of course, we have a special offer for Packaday listeners, as you can get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com Packaday. Jason? Yeah, I think that the price tag and the age, like Mark said, all those things put together, it's just receivers too easy of a position to, to load and stack up with new talent. I think the Randall Cobb experiment was get it done this year or it's not going to happen. He got injured, the core injury, and I know he came back and he was able to play, but it wasn't, he's only, like you said, he's only getting older. And so I think it's a pretty, it's a short conversation for me. And if if Cobb ends up, Coming back, it's it's going to end up being uh, break glass in case of emergency situation late in the summer, and that means that something else went astray or awry as far as the Packers and building for that that position and that talent. So he's a cut for me. Yeah, I I agree as well um, for the reasons you mentioned. Age uh, missed the last five games of the season, and over those five games, the Packers offense averaged thirty three point four points per game. So it's not like they were missing a beat by any means and also let's not forget about Amari Rogers I know he had a rough showing as a return man but he saw very very limited action on offense and his his comp coming out of Clemson was Randall Cobb the Packers traded up for him in the third round they want to see what they have in him and again I think and with that cap savings as well almost seven million like that could be Devondre Campbell that yeah. could be bringing back Devondre Campbell versus Randall Cobb. That's a large chunk of cap savings that they can have. So I agree. Again, I'll ask the question um, for if Rodgers is back, does that 
mean Cobb's back and in that I mean you know maybe they still cut him to get the savings and as you mentioned Mark maybe he comes back on like a two million dollar deal something like that so I I I guess in that regard depending what Rodgers does because of the relationship I mean Cobb is a Packer was a Packer because of Aaron Rodgers I wouldn't totally rule it out that if he wants to keep playing he's not going to be on the team but there's no way it's going to be on this current contract that's kind of what I meant by hurting some people's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read the tea leaves on that one. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean my feelings or Jason's feelings. <laughs> I meant number 12's feelings. Like it hurt. But listen, you know, they gave they gave the quarterback what he wanted this year, and, and it didn't work, right? I mean, it worked during the regular season, but is that what we're about, being the best team in the regular season, or are we about winning a Super Bowl? So it's time. You keep – the front office has to do what's right for the, the Green Bay Packers, not what's right for their quarterback. Right, very true. All right, next up, uh, Mason Crosby. So Crosby is coming off a down season. He missed nine field goal attempts, and, of course, not all of that's on him. The blocking by the field goal unit was very, very suspect at times. Um, and I can only imagine as a kicker, you know, because kicker is very much a between-the-ears type of position, you know, stepping up behind a 45-yarder in December, not knowing, you know, if you're the right side of your field goal unit's going to hold up. I can imagine that that um, was a factor as well to what degree I, I do not know. But it was a down year for Crosby. He missed uh, where he particularly struggled was 40-plus yards. And also, he on kickoffs, it's not like he was kicking the ball through the end zone. Uh, a lot either i found these numbers from pro football focus opposing teams returned almost 55 55 percent of rosby crosby's kick return attempts which was the fourth most in football he had just 43 touchbacks which was the seventh fewest and for a team that really struggled on kick return coverage you know being able to boot the ball through the end zone or you know deep into the end zone where it would have been not returnable would have been very very helpful so crosby i believe is going to be 38 years old and comes with a $4.7 million cap hit if Green Bay keeps him. But they save two point, almost $2.4 million if they move on from him. Crosby has been with the Packers, I believe, since 2007. He is an absolute, no-doubter, future Packers Hall of Famer. Jason, what do you think happens with Mason Crosby? Well, they've had another kicker around for a long time. So they've already got somebody around that they like. It's and it's tough because you you almost wonder how much and we don't know of the special teams problems are going to get helped by not be solved by but get helped by a new coach and a new coordinator. So does that help? But stuck in my mind, Paul is exactly what you said: is Crosby's ability to get the ball into the end zone. And if he physically can't do it anymore or can't do it on a consistent basis, you really have to take that into consideration because again. Versace may come in and the Packers special teams may not necessarily be all that great. We have to remember the player portion of the equation as much as the coach. So for me, it's it's a tough thing to do. It's just like when we have the conversations about moving on from we talk about Aaron Rodgers. We talk about moving on from Jordy Nelson a couple of years ago. It's it's a difficult thing and there's never a good time in our hearts to do it. But that's not where decisions are made when it comes to the business of football in the game. And so yeah, you're giving up some experience. You're giving up a very valuable experience at Lambeau Field and in the playoffs. And the guy who's made some really clutch kicks. And over the course of history, he bounced back from a really bad 2012, ended up being really good from that point forward. You almost give him the benefit of the doubt this last year as far as the accuracy and missing some of those other kicks. 
right? Except for, I don't know, the Cincinnati game was a disaster, even though they ended up winning that one. But for me, I think this is time. And these are pennies on the dollar, really, when we're talking about the, the scope of the salary cap. But if you're looking for an excuse uh, to as another reason as to why you do it, there's a little bit of savings to be had there. And, and eventually the Packers do need to figure something out. He just doesn't have the leg to get it in the end zone anymore. And so I think I think it's time to move on. I'm moving on from Mason Crosby. Mark? Yeah, I agree with everything Jason said there. That yeah, it's just, he, excuse me, he is going to be in a Packer Hall of Fame, um, without a doubt. He's the greatest kicker Packer history, um, you know. And then Packers have had some, had some good kickers, so that's not that's not saying like, oh, well, before, you know, Chris Jackie was was very good, Ryan Longwell was very good, um, but this guy's the best. And but he's is getting older. I mean, you know, Father Time's undefeated. Well, no, he, he lost to Brady. But other than that, <laughs> uh, you know, it's time. It's time to move on. They they did keep a kicker around, J.J. Um, Molson. They, they obviously like a little bit, but I wouldn't just hand the job to J.J. Molson either. I would, I would, he'd be the, you know, favorite. But I, I might spend one of my, you know, Packers going to probably have some, they have at least two seventh-round picks, right, their own, and they got mm-hmm. Houston's, and they might get a comp seventh. I might spend a seventh-round pick on a kicker. I have a tech kickers in, in college, but bring it, you know, bring it, you know, spend a seventh round pick on him and let him and Molson battle it out in camp. Um, and again, it's like anything else when you let a veteran go and you're relying on a rookie, there's going to be, you know, some inexperience, but I, you know, if a rookie, nine feel that's a lot of misses. And right, they weren't all his fault, but they're on his, you know, they, they were still misses. And the kickoffs, they were his fault. You can't blame the blocking or the snap or the hold on a kickoff, right? It's just him kicking the ball. And, yeah, he, I mean, listen, the guy's had, a, like I said, greatest kicker in Packers history. But it's time. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys as well for all the reasons you mentioned. And I also expect there to certainly be a kicker competition this summer. Uh, as you guys mentioned, Molson's been on the practice squad for almost two seasons now. They obviously like something about him, but he also has no career regular season field goal attempts either so that'll be if they move on from Crosby that'll be a certain competition this summer next up is Adrian Amos Mr. Reliable Um, he comes with a cap hit in 2022 on his current deal which is the final year of just just under 12 million if the Packers move on from him they save 4.65 million in cap space I've been letting you guys go first, but I'm just going to say here, and you'll know where I land on this. Uh, in this, in these articles, I tried to take a very balanced approach of why would Green Bay keep this person? Why would Green Bay move on from this person? When it came to why Green Bay would move on from Adrian Amos, I had nothing other than the actual the 4.65 million. Other, other than the financial savings that comes from moving on for him, I could not think of anything from his reliability his consistency being one of the best safeties in football. And on top of that, the safety depth of this team is incredibly thin. I mean, if Amos has gone, it's Darnell Savage, Henry Black, Sean Davis, Ennis Gaines, and Savage is coming off a down season. So well, I'll see what you guys think, but I could, I, I really could not find a reason, a real football reason to move on from Adrian Amos. How about you, Mark? Why is he on the list? <laughs> I wouldn't even. I, I'm, I was shocked when you said his name. I took a, like. I don't know if you guys saw me, but I looked at you like Adrian Amos. No, you can't cut Adrian Amos. He's. I think he's one of the most, in my opinion, on that defense. Kenny Clark's. I've always said is the most valuable. 
um, because he just does so many good things. And and you and you notice the difference when he's not out there. I guess I'd put Rashawn Gary and Alexander ahead of Amos, but he's definitely top four or five players on that deep. He's just like you said, reliable, plays every week, makes plays. What a great free agent signing that was. That that's mm-hmm. I mean. That that whole class was, turned out to be pretty good. Zadarius, Preston, Turner, and, and Amos. I mean, that that was a heck of a free agency class. And yeah, I'm, no, I'm and you know, it's hard for me to say good things about Penn State guys, but uh, he's <laughs> he's that was a great pickup. I'm ex- how many years does he have left on that deal? Just twenty two. Void years and stuff or whatever. Yeah, they should or extend him. Yeah, I'm not. I'm extending him, and I'm 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 going to lower that cap number a little bit, but not even maybe not that. To say four million, no, that's that would be that would be insane if if they cut him. No, you keep him, extend him, and he retires as a Green Bay Packer whenever whenever he's whenever that time is. Mm-hmm. Jason, guess it's a good thing you guys let me go last here. Um, so <laughs> as far as that whole situation goes with Adrian Amos, Paul, you you mentioned the the cap savings, right? And mm-hmm. all I'm going to say about that in a season where the Packers absolutely need to find dollars and cap space is that you absolutely do not cut Adrian Amos. He might be. I, we have more names on this list that he he may possibly be the 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 most obvious and easy absolutely keep on that entire list for all the reasons that you guys just listed there. It's just, a, it's too, he's way too valuable on that defense and that defense changes and not for the better if he's not on, on this roster. So that was, uh, you know, when, when Mark asked, why did you put him on the list? I was like, that was a keep us honest, that entry on the list, just to make sure, make sure we're paying attention. Right? Yeah, exactly. Make sure we're paying attention and, and just keep us honest there. But uh, he's, he's been so phenomenal and uh, fantastic. And I think it was in the, uh, might have been the game against the Rams. He had that critical fourth down stop. He makes the tackle all by himself in a in a really big spot in a really big game. There, just dude, just makes plays. You absolutely can't can't let that go. The safety position is, you know, you're gonna you're also gonna if if you do let him go, which the Packers won't, and, and we're saying not to. Also, Paul, the other trickle down there too is that uh, it's gonna impact your corners and how good they can be because they don't have as as good uh, good of talent behind them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we know the Packers are in a cap crunch, but if they desperately need $4.6 million, go find it elsewhere, Goody. All right, or, next. Or save it by extending them. <laughs> that, yep, absolutely accomplishes yeah. the same thing, and you get to keep Amos in the green and yellow for uh, the foreseeable future. All right, two more to go. Okay. Zadarius Smith, speaking of tea leaves, uh, Zadarius Smith comes with a $27.6 million cap hit this season. $27.6 million. I believe that's the second largest on the team behind Aaron Rodgers. His cap savings, if they cut him, is $15.3 million. Again, this is the second biggest cap-saving move Green Bay can make outside of either extending Aaron Rodgers or trading Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and as I'm sure you guys know or remember, he posted following the San Francisco loss on Instagram what very much seemed like a goodbye. wasn't Again, uh, him not straight out saying goodbye, but it certainly had that vibe to it. We'll see whether or not that happens. But he missed a majority of this past season. And with the play of Gary, with the play of Preston, Green Bay had shown that with those two, again, not from a depth perspective, but from the top two guys that they they could absorb his absence and he's coming off two incredible years, 164 pressures in two seasons with green Bay, 32 sacks, according to pro football focus. So 
Jason Zadarius Smith, do they restructure his contract? Again, this is the final year of his deal. That would take voided years. Do they extend him or do they move on for him for $15.3 million in savings? They're moving on. The Packers are moving on from Zadarius Smith. The back injury, you know, it's it, this is where I feel like I, I. it's easy for me to sit here in, in the safety and comfort of my living room and say, do this, do that, because I'm not the one that's out there playing and making it sound like, oh, it's as simple as, oh, you're, he's injured, let him go. He did a lot for this team. You mentioned it, Paul. He's been a very productive member of this team, and I think he's still got football left in him, but... This is the conversation here is there has to be a business angle to it. And and you said it right away, which is this is the second biggest cap saving move the Packers can make. And what do they need right now? They need cap savings. They got to get under the cap. So they're not going to they're not going to keep Zadarius. He you know, he seems to take a lot of these slights personally, getting snubbed for the Pro Bowl, not being voted team captain. So we don't know if the team already feels like, look, he's he's going to be a lot to manage and a lot to deal with. Not that they don't have other personalities that they haven't had to deal with in the past. But at the cap number, when you mentioned his cap number, Paul, the first thing that I think of, and I've heard this said somewhere else before, and whoever said it, take all the credit you want for it. But when he's making that kind of money, if he doesn't throw the football, he can't be making that kind of money. So it's it's real simple for me. You got you to gotta cut Zadarius Smith and move on. And unless the market is just absolutely dry, on a guy like that who's got potential and there isn't one crazy GM, and we know there's plenty of crazy GMs in the NFL who aren't willing to, to overpay for his talent, I don't I don't think it's very likely that he's back in Green Bay. What are your thoughts, Mark? I agree. You have to let go. And again, like I said, when we talk about Preston, a year ago, I would have said, no way, you, can let, you can't let Zadarius Smith go. Because we didn't know... Gary had Gary had shown a little bit of improvement, but he, you know, he really broke out last year. So, you know, a year ago, I would have said, you're great. No, do whatever you can. Extend them, restructure, do. You can't let Zadarius Smith go. Because Preston was coming off an average, at best year. Gary was still coming on. But the team went, the, the, he played the opener, played 17 snaps in the, in the opener, and then he didn't come back to the playoff game. But the Packers went 13-2 and two without him. So they... They showed they can win. I mean, it's not like they're they're in trouble without Zadarius Smith. They went thirteen and two, so you can win without Zadarius Smith, obviously. And nothing again. I'm not saying he's a reason, you know. But you can save the if you can save fifteen million with a guy that really didn't help you at all this year. Yeah, you have to do it. It's it's pretty cut. That's what I think. That's it's hard. It's hard to believe we're saying this a year later, but that's the easiest one. Of all of, the, of all the guys that we talked about, I think that's the easiest one. Yeah, I, and I, the I, back yes. injury. Back injuries are bad. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, he might come back with another team next year and play. You know, start the season and be, but you know, that back could come up and flare up again in the middle of the season, and he misses an eight game. You know, who knows? I mean, back injuries are are just very tricky, and he's not. You know, he's not a kid anymore either. Mm-hmm. I made that point in my article as well. I mean, we don't we don't know what the future holds for uh, Zadarius and his health with his back, and you know where he may or may not end up. But I do certainly think that that's something to at least needs to be noted when discussing his future with Green Bay. He's thirty years old, coming off a back injury, and we've seen not just in football but across all sports where those injuries can continue to flare up and certainly affect a player's playing time. So if Zadarius was the easiest decision outside of Adrian Amos, of course, I, for me anyways, Billy Turner was the most difficult because you could go through the gamut of options 
uh, restructure, extend, cut, trade. And I wouldn't be really be surprised by any of those outcomes. So Turner was the Packers or has been the Packers right tackle last two seasons, really provided stability there. Uh, he performed, performed well. Rogers called him the unsung hero along the offensive line, uh, mentioned early on the season that he should, that he should be a pro bowler with his play last season. So Mark, take us away here. And I guess I'll mention the cap hit. So yeah, Turner, Turner's cap hit this season, 2022 is the last year of his deals, 9.6 million. If Green Bay moves on from him, they save 3.6 million. So Mark, what, what do you think Green Bay does with Turner? I'm keeping him. Um, 3.6 isn't that big. I mean, for, for your starting right tackle, um, that's not as big a savings. I, I would only do it if I, if, if, if I had to, I mean, if, if, you know, if, if I did cut the guys that, that I've already said I would cut and, and restructured some guys and I still need it, 3.6 million, then you got to do what you got to do. But I think there's other ways of finding that 3.6 million. And I know they have other options. Um, but one of those other options is Elton Jenkins, right? I think we, we all thought, I think we, we've said this before during our podcast that we think the future for Elton Jenkins is going to be a tackle, but now he, we don't know how long he's going to be out. He's definitely not going to be ready to go opening day. So you don't have, that's not one of your options from the start of the season. And who knows how long he's going to be out with the, you know, David Bakhtiari missed the entire season with ACL. Um, Yash Neiman's another option that I'm sure a lot of people are talking about. Uh, yeah, just put, put him at right tackle. Well, it's easy to say, except he's never played right tackle. And as much as we like Neiman this year, and I think we all three of us were kind of impressed with what he did, Packers may not be as impressed as we are because they didn't play him in a playoff game. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so something was up there. Um, so... Yeah, I think, again, unless you have to, for whatever unknown reasons, I'm I'm doing what I – or I like your – you threw a a third option in there that we didn't mention with anybody else is trade. If I can get now – if I do like Neiman and I think Jenkins is coming back sooner than later, you know, and I can get something good in return for Billy Turner, you know. Well, I got to think about it, but I don't think I just cut. I don't think I just cut Billy Turner. Trade, mm, okay, you, you have my attention, but in the grand scheme of things, I'd rather just keep him and put him at right tackle and know I'm, that I'm pretty good at right tackle. How about you, Jason? Is this a tough one in your mind, or is it more uh, cut and dry? It's easy since Elton Jenkins got hurt. It becomes easy. You keep Billy Turner because his depth is very important, and for the second year in a row, woulda, coulda, shoulda. The Packers could do this, could do that, might do that, might have this if David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins were both healthy, but they're not. We didn't have David Bakhtiari until the end of this this past season. I'm not going to have Elton Jenkins back until the end of this next season. So anybody that's proven that they can play and are really good at their position, which Billy Turner has over two seasons at right tackle. Now he got moved to left tackle in the playoff game. That's not why they lost. I think it was much, much less of a factor than last year not having Bakhtiari at all against the Bucks, But... He's just too good and too valuable, and you leave the offensive line hanging out there. Mark makes a really good point. We love to do this. We love to plug guys in at other positions because they're a good player at the position they play. And so, hey, we don't have room for you over here. It's like 
Josh Jackson, let's move him to safety. Russell Douglas, let's just move him to safety. If these guys haven't played at a position, Josh Nyman has never played right tackle. We don't know how valuable he is. And yeah, Mark makes another really good point too. It was kind of curious to me why the Packers didn't go with Nyman in the playoffs. Maybe they wanted the experience of Dennis Kelly having started so many games for Tennessee in the past and having Billy Turner out there at any position, let alone out of position. And again, not not why they I don't think that's why they lost against the the 49ers, but Turner's just too too valuable. If he's valuable enough that you picked him to win the biggest game of your season to to not derail your season, the Packers obviously value him. I think if we're reading the tea leaves here, I think Green Bay is very likely going to keep the big tree. I think his his Twitter handle is Big Tree, isn't it? Something like that. Not sure. I think he stays. I think Billy. I think Billy Turner stays in Green Bay. They they do what they want to do with him. That's fine. But I think he's very likely he's back. I'm not. I'm not letting him go. I'm keeping him. As I mentioned, I was on the fence with this one, and you guys have me rethinking this. But <laughs> have the Green Bay Packers moving on from Billy Turner? There's going to have to be difficult decisions made this offseason, and for me, this is one of them. I mean, you guys brought up great points on why to keep him. And I will add this caveat. Ultimately, it depends on how they view Yash, as well as Jenkins as being a future at the right tackle position. And if that's the case, I think this is one of those moves you make for those cap savings. I know it's not a huge amount, but this offseason is going to be about pinching pennies. And on top of that, if there's one position that we know, or that Brian Gudikins and this Packers team has shown us that they can find and address it's it's the offensive line so i have confidence them being able to build back up that depth not saying they would go out and you know they absolutely could address offensive tackle in round one but even if they don't and they rely on yash for example to start the season i I do have confidence that they'll be able to find someone to at least have off the bench to be a backup in that regard so that rounds out our uh our our list here of eight Packers players. And I've been keeping track as we went through and I went with what the majority voted for. So of the players that we as collectively decided to cut Cobb, Z, Crosby, and uh, Mercedes Lewis, we as general managers of the Green Bay Packers, which lucky for you guys, we are not just saved them $26.9 million in cap space. This does not include uh, any potential restructures or extensions for Amos, Turner, Preston, or Dean Lowry. So just based on cuts, about $27 million in cap space we save. So there you go, guys. We're halfway there. Not too bad. You got, you got to chip away at it some way, somehow. And I, I wasn't really going with the, the dollar figures for me. It was That was part of the equation. But a lot of it was trying to keep this, this team intact because I'm a selfish Packers fan who's spoiled and entitled, and I want this team in the playoffs again next year. absolutely so as we do to finish things out here we'll go around the horn as i mentioned before we started i have these articles up at dairyland express you can find everything there as well as my work at cheesehead tv and youtube channel just search my name paul brettel b-r-e-t-l mark what's going on at pack report i have a story up this week that's up um right after the super bowl i i did a story saying the reason the rams won was their stars played like stars and that, you know especially on the, the on the final drives cooper cup took over aaron donald took over and i compared it to unfortunately the, why the green bay packers didn't win a didn't win the super bowl um their stars rashawn gary did rashawn gary who was a rising star made a made a play 
that should have won the game for the Packers when he made the stop on fourth and one. But the MVP didn't play like an MVP. The other, the offense didn't, didn't do anything really after that first drive. So you need your stars to step up. And I've also brought up the fact that when the Packers did win the Super Bowls, their last two anyway, the stars stepped up. Rodgers played like an MVP in that Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl MVP through three, three touchdowns. Clay Matthews, who was their star on defense, made the big play when he forced the fumble. Um, you know, then going back to the previous Super Bowl, but Brett Favre played like a star. He, had, he didn't throw an interception in the game, which was, for him, that's, a, that's amazing. And uh, Reggie White had three sacks in the game. It's when Nunga was trying to come back. Boom, no, he was, he was all over Bledsoe. So stars, you know, stars have to stars have to shine basically. And the Packers stars the last couple of years haven't haven't done that. And that's why they got they got eliminated. And then coming up um, today, later today, kind of what we just talked about. I didn't go. I didn't do a cut or keep. I just I mentioned four four players that we just said um, that the Packers could cut and save it half their cap space. And we all agreed that that worked out pretty well. And Jason, game on Wisconsin. Quick slants podcast. What do we got coming up, or that's just happened? Yeah, we'll see what happens. It'll be a, mo- a Monday show, and so whatever happens between now and then, the the news of the day, or I'll pick a topic to talk about based on what uh, the questions or feedback are from the fan base. But I'll to to kind of talk about what Mark said. You know, the other thing was Aaron Donald sprinted on the field for that last series. Like he wanted to be out there. He wanted the the game on the line. You want your stars to want to be out there. And I look at the Packers, and they got good players, but I feel like in crunch time, they're thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and overthinking, and and are they loose? Are they ready? Do they want the moment? And it just seems like that's the, that's the thing. Are you composed? Are you ready to take it? Are you confident? Do you want the ball? Do you want to be the dude who's making the final play? And I think there's a lot to be said about your stars playing well, and, and it's been talked about a bunch. So that's what's going on with me over at the Quick Slants podcast, and I guess we'll be back with more weather next week. I guess we'll see how things are at the beach and how things are in Phoenix next week after this cold front moves out. 60 degrees, brr. Mm. <laughs> yes, we're all we're all waiting to hear what the Phoenix weather is, Jason. <laughs> what do you this is great on? stuff today, guys. I really, really enjoyed it. Of course, back to the podcast seven days a week. Mark, Jason, and myself, we will be back next Thursday. And as the great Jason Perone says, until next time, friends, take care, stay safe, and as always... Go Pack Go! Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.